Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Well, Johnny's, we are home of independent, fearless, and credible journalism. Welcome to Johnny's Prime with me, Samuel Kojo Brace. Ali stars, this are a team of investigators and experts from the Ghana Police Service, led by the Director General of CID, arrive in the grief stricken town of Jarapa in connection with the murder of CEO of Kuzi Hill Hotel, Eric Johnson. We'll take you to the grounds for the latest on this issue. Also, it will be dishonest for me to promise revised conditions of service in the current economic mess. NDC flag bearer John Mahama gets honest with teachers and organized labor. We have details and reactions. Also, we will take you to the coastal community of Halfasini in the Jomoro district of the western region where teenage girls are compelled to treat sex for fish in a bid to fend for themselves. At 8 p.m., I hand over to Emma Davis to bring you prime business. As of 1st May this year, companies that fail to file their annual returns will pay a penalty of 1,000 CDs. In a further period of one month up to the end of May, because from 1st of May, a penalty will apply of 1,000. So if you are not able to do it by April, by May when you come, you pay a penalty of 1,000. It's a flat rate. And at 8.30, what a weekend of sports. Alak Musbah will bring you latest from that. Thousands strong the streets of Abidjan to catch a glimpse of the glittering trophy as Avicos lifts its third in victory over Nigeria. Now, we are live on DSTV Channel 421, GoTV Channel 125, and also around the world on myjoyonline.com and all our social media platforms. Thank you for choosing us. Please stay with us. Join News Prime Headlines 
was brought to you by Don't take risks. Use a condom every time. And thanks to Malatu, I kicked out Malaya one time. Some spices. Yes, sir. Now, Ghanaian partner of the Australian mining firm, licensed to mine lithium at Ewoya in the central region, Ben Nunumens, says they are facing challenges securing lease to begin the project next year. Chief Executive Officer of Berari DV, Ghana, Nuno Mensa, maintains he owns 10% of the deal, contrary to claims by the Lands and Natural Resources Minister that he owns a lesser stake. Let's get on Zoom now and speak with Ben Nuno Mensa for more reactions on this. Grateful to you for, for this. Now, help us understand your actual stake in the firm. Uh, well, good evening, and uh, good evening to our listeners. Uh, I think the issue there was the first uh, interview, okay, uh, that, yes, the Barari TV is my company, mm. uh, which I have, myself and my partners, are 100% shareholding in it. Mm. Uh, but because we needed uh, capital to invest into the project or to go into the exploitation of the mineral, we definitely had to bring the strategic partners mm. uh, from our side. So uh, we got our rich resources who were expressed interest in partnering with us uh, to uh, to go into the mining uh, projects at Elia, and which they did, you know, and subsequently, uh, based on investments in the projects, they uh, we had acquired a certain uh, level of shares or interest, and up to this level, they have ninety percent uh, shareholding structure uh, in Barari, and uh, I have ten percent uh, 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 mm. shares in, in the company as we speak now. Well, but I mean, how come there's this controversy about, I mean, your, your share of, of the contract? Well, I'm not too sure where that started from, but uh, if you listen to the interview with the Chief Executive of the Mineral uh, Commission with Asetpa, mm. uh, with uh, Omar Hene, well, he had mentioned that I have 10% share with him. Uh, but uh, when the minister spoke the next day to draw a he said 4.4%. Probably because somebody had questioned a missing 4.4%, which I don't know where, where that is coming from. But as you speak now, and if you check the records from the government, 10% shipping and our rich resources of Singapore, uh, which is also known as Atlantic Lithium, uh, has 90% uh, stake in it. Well, I've spoken about this deal in terms of the exploration of the lithium that we find uh, or we found. A lot of people say this is not the best deal. You are into it. Tell us more about that. Well, uh, I would say it's not uh, the best deal. At least it's better than what we have had in the past. Uh, if, you are, if you look at uh, most of our mining communities as we have them now, I mean, go to Obwasi, go to Duakrim, go to Tapa. Uh, you see how very deprived these mining communities are. And that is where I have a problem. You know, I'd like to this town. Look, some of the most developed cities uh, in, in the world or in, in, in countries who have mines uh, are their mining cities. I mean, look, I have, I have a place in Omonde or Goldberg City in South Africa, or Johannesburg, as you call it. And look, Goldberg City is one of the most developed uh, uh, cities in Johannesburg. Why can't Obwasi or Tapa or Duakrim be like a, a Gobi city? 
Mm. It's because the mining laws, as we have now, are very exploitative. You know, we never focused on what we can retain as a country or as Ghanaian. You know, we've, we've been so liberal that most of these uh, resources are taken out of foreign countries uh, to develop their countries. So for me, my only reason, my only worry is that, yes, uh, compared to what we're doing in the past, at least uh, now, uh, what uh, they're asking for, what government is asking for, is about a 10% royalty from what we used to be in the past, which is about uh, 5 to 8% royalty. I know government also want to have a free carry of about 20, which uh, is also good, as it was uh, some years back, or what we had previously was around 10%. I know uh, the Mineral Investment Fund also wants to invest in the pocket, mm. which is also good, uh, you know. But the other thing is uh, what happens to the offtake. Okay. You know, these are things that nation as a people need to look at so that we, if we can retain uh, majority shareholdings by Ghanaians or by the state, you know, so these are mining, uh, uh, mining companies. Then the resources stay here. Then we can... We can create uh, businessmen in Ghana, and then they invest the money to create jobs for our people. Mm. But if you don't change our laws as it is now, mm. well, uh, this is what it is. Okay, but all we right. We need to look at it as a nation. And all right. Develop. Thank you so much, sir, for joining us here. Away from that, flag bearer of the National Democratic Congress, John Dramani Mahama, has said he cannot promise salary increment for pre-tertiary teachers and other labor unions if the NDC comes into office. His comment was in response to a series of calls by some teacher groups for the former president to revise their conditions of service when the next NDC government comes into power. Addressing the calls on his building Ghana tour in Tamale, John Mahama says... To be dishonest on his part to make promises that he cannot redeem considering the current economic situation. Teachers, she talked about conditions of service. I've said it that the economy is in a big mess, and so I cannot promise everybody that we're going to increase your salaries and all that. I'll, I don't want to be like those who, those dishonest people who came and promised you heaven and said. They will build factories in every district. They will build dams in every village. They will give every constituency $1 million a year. I'm not that kind of person. And so I cannot promise you that I'm coming to increase your salaries. But we've taken note of the difficulties that pre-tertiary um, uh, teachers are going through. And I've suggested some of the solutions. And one is that we will help you with accommodation in the schools so that more teachers can stay in school. One of the reasons a lot of te uh, te uh, te teachers do not want to go on posting to certain areas is because they cannot find accommodation. There have been some rural areas where nobody rents a house or a room, and so you have to stay in town and commute to school every day. And the cost of transport will eat up all your salary. Nainja Carbono is president of the National Association of Graduate Teachers, NAGRA. He joins us on this. Grateful that yeah, you're here. Now, what do you make of what the former president is saying? He's being candid, isn't he? That the current economic situation, even moving into 2025, cannot allow for consistent upward negotiation of conditions of service. Well, conditions of service have lifespan. So, as I speak to you, the conditions of service of the Ghana Education Service is two years. Number two, um, I think the time has come for us, Ghanaians. But let me congratulate the teachers who met the former president and the 
candidate will not just raise the issue. So I congratulate And I also am happy with the interaction that went on. These are the type of interactions that can go on between the populace and flag bearers and candidates so that we can get clarity on the dreams and aspirations of the people and what the flag bearers can also do. The next thing I'd like to talk about is we need honest politicians in this country. The days when politicians will come and stand on platform and promise heaven that they will do this, they will do that, they will do this, they will do that, only for them to come to power and cannot deliver, we the public have to be alert and not fall for those populations. The position of presidential candidates to be expressed in the manifesto of the political party. Okay. Not positions that are made at the fair of the moment. That is what has brought us where we find ourselves in this country today. Mm. Positions of flag bearers should be a reflection of research, thoughtfulness, and all that expressed in their manifesto that is when we can take them serious. So, like I said, the Ghanaian populace will no longer fall for flowery talk. Okay. We will listen to thoughtful talk and think that they are capable of giving to the populace of this country. Mm. Uh, which means that you are aware that the situation, the finances of this country, makes it quite difficult for any government to say, I want to increase the salary of, of labor. That is not the tangent I'm coming from. Okay. Uh, salaries are not negotiated by individual group of workers. Mm. Salaries are negotiated by organized labor. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And organized labor speaks with the government, and all the parameters and realities are put on the table, and it is analyzed by both organized labor and government, and the, uh, and the minimum wage is established. Mm -hmm. which triggers the salary for that year. So no one union, no one group of workers can go and negotiate their salary outside that of organized labor. Mm -hmm. mm, okay. All right, let's see how, how this, this, this goes. I'm grateful for joining us. Now, Dr. Asante, um, Dr. Asante is a senior political science lecturer at the University of Ghana and also joins us on the phone lines for this. Doc, I'm grateful. First, are you surprised at the level of honesty of the former president when he says, quote, I simply can't guarantee what you're calling for in the situation we find ourselves? Governance is guided by nothing but honesty, mm. honest leadership. You proceed with that. And once we come to terms with this, I'm not sure our politicians can take us for a ride. Uh, we are re responding this way, simply because uh, time and again, we have been deceived. We have been manipulated. They've used propaganda on us, wild promises without adhering to them. So when you, you see a change in the status quo, then we are worried. This is how you should be. I can't make this, but this one I can provide. That is how you do it. So that you can judge them. By having said all this, the real discussion will come when NDC find 
and come out with their manifesto mm -hmm. after they have what engaged the stakeholders in all the various sectors of the economy and that they put it in there. There they will see expression of some of these things in there. Okay. But I am happy and I salute the former president that he's been candidate. Okay. And it okay. is not him alone. If mm. you look at Baumi and some of the things that he said, he has also recognized that they need to be able to make promises that they can meet. It's something that I read uh, in between the lines of Baumi's speech. So gradually we are getting there. And we, okay. the populace, we are better off when we go on that time. But let's force them mm. to make sure that after saying what they see, they work mm. the mathematics for us, okay. for us to know the reality. But I mean, you have to convince the, 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 the numerous people who go to polls and vote. So can there be any political implications for the, the former president and the party with what he said? And you are bringing it by me also. Will that, will that honesty not cost them some votes? Ah, if you don't want honesty, what do you want? You want lies, deception, manipulation? Is that what you want before you go and vote? Yes, if that is what you want, look at how far we have come. We have been deceived for a very long time. We have been manipulated for a very long time. Okay. Propaganda has taken the better part of us. So let us go on that target and make sure that we... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Bring them down to be able to work the mathematics of each policy that they bring out. If you realize that they don't hold water, let's throw them away at the post. But not when they are honest about their issues. I mean, I want leadership by honesty. Proceed with integrity. Okay. All right. Grateful to you for joining us here now. Um, uh, the Tertiary Educational Workers Union of Ghana, Tewu Ghana, has refused to call off its industrial action despite the government meeting some of their demands. Now, members of Tewu Ghana laid down their tools a week ago over the failure of the government to pay Tier 2 pension funds to managers, as well as demands for extra duty and vehicle maintenance allowances. Negotiations between some labor unions and the government led to the resolution of some of the grievances, which included the payment of Tier 2 pension funds and the extra duty allowance. This compelled sister striking unions, including the Senior Staff Association of Universities of Ghana, to call off their industrial action. But the leadership of Tewu Ghana insists the strike will be called off only when the government fully meets its demands. 
Charles Arthur, SKNUSC chairman of Teo Ghana. Teo Ghana, per the directive from our national executive NEC, we are still on strike, being that uh, our demands have not all been met, and we think that we, it has been met before. We have also not had engagement with the Labour Commission, the Labour Court in this country. As a result of that, the NEC find it difficult to suspend the strike. So as we speak, we are still on strike. Then to Ghana to our demands go beyond other unions' demands. For example, we are talking of a condition of service provision relating to payment of vehicle maintenance allowance to some staff who are Tewu Ghana members, which, as we speak, some uh, universities pay, others does not pay. They, re they said the reason being that uh, GTEC is behind telling them that pay, don't pay. So it has created a, a, a lot of inconveniences uh, in some campuses. And the national executive felt that this is the opportunity to bring to the attention of the National Labor Commission so that the commission will deal with it once and for all. Hence, our, our strikes are ongoing. Now, the decision of Teo Ghana camps as students at KNUSC reel under the strike as lecture halls and libraries remain closed. Charles Arthur tells your news the union cannot be blamed for the effects of the strike on students. It's unfortunate that students, uh, at the end of the day, uh, they will be affected by the negativity of our, of our actions. But what can one do? Because if at the end of the day we're in a country that that is the only thing that uh, um, the employer will understand, you understand, then of course, and we also have to note that there's no way in this world that uh, you, 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 you disobey the law and purport to obey the law. It's not done in any way. Once the law is law, you obey it. You understand? There's a provision in the condition of service. You said you will not obey it. However, you are going behind to say that uh, I will do this. You cannot disobey the law and purport to obey the law. So we want the Labor Commission to tell the university management, the GTEC, that, look, the law is the law. It's in the conditions of service. It is a law passed by the Parliament of Ghana. Obey it, please. We are truly render service and then you pay me. So if you are not going to pay me, you understand, it will amount to breach of contract you understand, between me and my employer. And it's the employer whom I'm rendering service to should be, should, 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 uh, should be dealt with. Or the complaint will have to be made against the employer and not me, the employee who is rendering a service. This is very straightforward. Now, kindergarten pupils at Omri Basic School in the Jesu municipality of the Asante region have been studying under a tree for the past four years due to limited classrooms. Concerned residents say the open learning space for KG1 and KG2 pupils negatively impacted their education as the children are distracted by moving vehicles and reptiles. Here's a report. Speaking to Joy News, the residents of Onye said the pupils are mostly challenged during the rainy season. The pupils move to the veranda of the basic school or are sent home when the clouds gather. The local authorities have been made aware of the situation, but there is no intervention yet. It's been long. I can count almost four years. They have sat under the tree for long. The older new students have all been under the tree. Now, 
Aside from the kindergarten learning on the tree, the lack of electricity in the school has hindered the learning of ICT. Teachers at the Onye MA Junior High School, too, also have their staff common room under a tree. According to some of the tutors, they have had to take shelter under the trees for over a decade. Our classrooms have galleys, and it gets worse when it rains. We don't even have computers. Construction of a building intended to accommodate the people are stalled. The recently elected assemblyman of Abuenim, Odahon, and Onye electoral area, Hakim Mohamed, says he has started engagements to improve the situation. <laughs> What worries me the most are the kids under the tree. I have engaged the Onye chief. We need funds. Reporting for James Clinton, Yabwa. And to other stories, the community of Jirapa in the Upper West region has been thrown into a state of shock, anguish, and sadness following the death of a man whose ideas were fast changing the economy of the area. Eric Johnson, the CEO of Cozy Hill Hotel. According to reports, the murder was committed in Mr. Johnson's room, which is situated close to the hotel. Five persons have so far been picked up by the police in connection with the incident. Regional correspondent Traffic Salam has been following up on the matter and has come through with this report. The unknown assailant is alleged to have entered the private residence of owner of the Royal Cozy Hills Hotel, Eric Johnson, aided by a ladder through this fortified fence wall. The executive mansion, as he called it, overlooked the Royal Cozy Hills Hotel, where he lived and met his personal guest. Eric Johnson is a critical conscious and has never toyed with his personal security. One cannot have access to this edifice without his personal knowledge. He's always the one to conduct you around the magnificent edifice. The executive mansion now has all four gates closed and under lock and key as a result of his gruesome murder last Sunday. I am in front of one of the gates of the private residence of the chief executive officer of Royal Cozy Hills Hotel, Eric Johnson. We are told that the unknown assailant came from this route after allegedly committing the act, came through this gate, went out with his car, and then dumped the car at the heart of town. Inside the Royal Cozy Hills Hotel, which shares a wall with the executive mansion, it appears deserted and looks like a ghost town. Less than a dozen of workers were seen at work with no regular to take care of. The Jiriba town is enveloped with sadness, grief, and anger over the loss of a man who is a Goliath in achievement and development of the area and the region at large. Both the young and old, the business community, are yet to come to terms with what happened. This man is a joy to us all. This man is somebody who is down to earth. He doesn't see himself worthy because of that doesn't, disrespect, uh, doesn't respect people. He respects every term they can hire. My daughter, he has always passionately called her wife. This man has always been there for me and my daughter and for my little business. He's the reason why my business is like this. He's the reason why I'm even living here in Drapa and comfortably in the lead among others. 
have lost a great, a great man. Draper has lost. Upper West has lost. That man is actually very, very charitable. That one there. If you ask anybody that actually knows the man, he has the heart of giving. He really gives out unconditionally, irrespective of whom you are. Then you've not met him. If you haven't met him, fine. But if you are able to pass through the right procedure, the right processes and meet the man, you realize that whatever your needs are, especially financially, that man will be able to help you. Well, let's take you to the grounds and speak to Rafiq uh, Salam for an update on the police delegation and more. Rafiq, uh, well, we, we understand that the police are there now. What can you tell us about the uh, work that they are doing there so far? The crack uh, police uh, CID team that the Inspector General of the Ghana Police Service, uh, Dr. John Akufo Dampare, uh, deployed to the Upper West region, uh, have uh, played their cars uh, closer to their chest. Uh, they are tight-lipped about whatever investigations that they are doing. Uh, but I can, also, I can only report to you that this morning they came into town, and then from there uh, they went to Jirapa, uh, started their investigations, and that, that's currently where they have pitch camp. Mm. Um, so you've not been able to really gather what and what they've, they've been able to do since they came to town? Uh, the only thing that I can tell you uh, about is uh, about the, the arrest uh, which the police has, uh, uh, has kept on their uh, Facebook. The uh, two more arrests uh, today that they, uh, that they uh, did. Uh, but for now, they are tightly. But even at the Royal Cody Hills Hotel, uh, talking about the private residence of Eric Johnson, where the alleged murder uh, is suspected to have taken uh, place, uh, it's, uh, it's under lock and key. Uh, what they, they definitely did was uh, to close the place, lock it, and then they were inside there doing their own work. So, so you've been there. How big is this, uh, your, you know, mansion of the CEO? And what, how many security men do you gather were around at the time the incident happened? Um, you know, that is a private residence of Eric Johnson, and then. Um, it's closer to the Royal Cozy Hills Hotel. Actually, it really uh, shares a wall with the Royal Cozy Hills Hotel and it overlooks the entire uh, hotel. And this particular place, he prefers to call it the executive mansion because when uh, we tried to call it the presidential mansion, he said, no, this is my private residence. And then also, he leaves there alone. And there are several rooms in this magnificent edifice. Uh, you know, it's a state-of-the-art, very huge hotel, uh, very huge uh, edifice. And he's, he's the only one, he's the only personality living in this uh, particular uh, area. Mm. But uh, our information yesterday, when we got in there, we saw a dozen of policemen around that area. And then today, too, it was the same. You know, seeing the, the, the place, they also locked on the key. But we could see that some policemen were peeping through some holes uh, around the gates to try to see uh, who were around. Okay. Uh, but they were indoors, mm. and they, mm. they didn't want to make a, mm. uh, you know, uh, mm. any uh, sort of know that people were around. But we saw them, okay. and our lenses got them uh, from far away. Okay. But were you able to decipher how the person who committed the, the act got access to the master key? Because we are told he did this with the master key. Um, for now, this is what they are alleging. Mm. And so it's up to these security agencies to prove that that was really what actually happened. But for me, 
from a layman point of view, I think that this particular act was executed by a professional. Uh, because if you uh, if you are uh, if you are not close to Mr. Eric, mm. you wouldn't know how this uh, edifice, this magnificent edifice, is like. Mm. You know, I have been there over ten times, but I can't count the number of rooms in this particular uh, uh, place. And I've been to this particular room where it is alleged that this murder uh, took place, but I didn't know that that was exactly where Mr. Eric Johnson lives. Because actually, uh, Brace, it look the place looks like you know the door looks like. A private uh, room or like for 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 a toilet, you know, you wouldn't be, you would have been taking it for a toilet. Okay. And so for somebody to know that this mm. is actually where Mr. Johnson is, mm. it must be somebody uh, who knows the place or somebody who took somebody from the place who took somebody out there okay. and then tried to describe how the place looked like. Okay. If not, you were alone because Eric Johnson has never allowed anybody to go into this room without him. Okay, All I right. have been there. Okay. several times okay. over dozens of times and i have been there with him and okay. anytime that people want to go there with him unless you move in his own car okay. he wouldn't allow you even to come with your own car okay only, only on some few occasions that i i saw when the president came around there that the president and his director in with their car but if not but he let them in okay he let them All in right. because he right. just come in there without his notice mm. all right then uh, Rafi, grateful for that quite uh, very disturbing and heartbreaking story for the people of Jirapa there. We're still keeping an eye on this developing story. We'll take a break. We'll be back. Welcome back from the break. Now, the culture of teenage girls trading sex for fish in coastal community of Hafasini in the Jomo. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Our district of the Western Region is commonplace. No, the girls beg for fish doing substantial catch and return sexual favor as payment to the fishermen. It's termed as fish for sex in the local community. Join us, Stanley Ni Blow was there to dig into this worrying culture and reports. Halfasine is one of 26 coastal communities in the Jomo municipality of the Western Region with prevalent teenage sexual exploitation. 
its vibrant shore attracts lots of town folks daily when canoes that go for fishing expeditions land ashore. On occasions where the fishermen have a substantial catch, teenage girls who come to the beach to beg for fish for their families upkeep become the target of sexual exploitation as every fish they receive from the fishermen is paid back through sex. As a result, teenage pregnancy and single parenthood are a common phenomenon in the community, with little being done by local stakeholders to address the situation. The practice is termed by indigents as fish for sex, and this is confirmed by the deputy manager of the Jomara Fisheries Commission, Irene Obing. The girls are young, so the fishermen take advantage of the situation and have sex with them. Fish for sex is prevalent here. The butter sex trade is filled largely by poverty and parental neglect. Semenya Maxwell, a fisherman with more than a decade fishing experience, opens up on the level of exploitation. Uh, everybody will be struggling for the fish. So if you can uh, assess the one who is, who is there and he's also giving you and he also, he also has something, that means you also give. Give you fish, give me sex, give you fish, give me butter system uh, in that way. According to Maxwell, married women committing infidelity for favors of fish gifts also exist in the community. At the Anlaw Line, a set of fishermen have returned from a fishing expedition and are pulling their catch ashore. Atra, a 17-year-old single parent and a victim of sexual exploitation, is among people who have come to the London beach. She explains what she uses the fish she receives from the men for. He has been bringing the fish home when we started dating. I saw some and used the rest to prepare dish for the family. Ajo was forced to end the relationship with her child's father after accusing him of using fish to lure other teenage girls. We broke up because he cheated. Comfort, a shore laborer, recounted how she influenced her friend to exchange sex for fish. A fisherman expresses interest in my friend, so anytime I come to the shore, he gives me octopus and other big fishes to give to her. When he needs her to, he tells me to convey the message to my friend to meet him. Education of the victims of a community sexual exploitation is abruptly truncated once pregnancy sets in. I called one girl and she was like, Madam, my mother, whenever you ask her for anything, she will tell you she's not having. So the only thing that I could do, I have a guy, I think the guy also works at the seashore, so he's a guy helping her at school. So the only thing she can also offer to the guy is to give herself to the Ahen Mpuano is a civil society organization that has been doing some work across several coastal communities in the western region. Adiza Ama Ousu Aduomi is a programs officer responsible for gender integration at Hen Mpuano. And she joins me via Zoom for further deliberations on this matter. Uh, grateful. How worrying is the situation in the coastal communities along the, I mean, Ghana? We should not just limit it to the western region. Yeah, thank you so much. And Unfortunately, that's the reality in most of our coastal communities, and uh, these sexual exploitations are becoming more prevalent. Mm. And it's important to understand the sociocultural dynamics uh, of our coastal fishing communities. 
you know, the uh, patriarchal and the polygamous uh, nature of these uh, postal communities often compel women and girls to endure some of these social injustices to a greater mm-hmm. extent. And uh, it's worth knowing that the dwindling fish stock has really increased uh, these menace along our coastal areas. Yeah. Well, in your interactions with the communities, what else have they been telling you apart from, you know, poverty, which is largely the root cause? Yeah, so I, I, I listen in. And, uh, you know, parental neglect is uh, one, one major issue, and uh, this is due to the large family sizes mm. associated yeah, with East Coastal communities, okay. and, and that is becoming yeah, a real issue. Mm. And as I mentioned earlier, the dwindling, of the fish stocks and uh, most of these uh, teenagers, they are they often face multiple vulnerabilities, mm. and it's associated uh, to poverty. And mm. there is also the limited access to education okay. because, yeah, uh, yeah, they tend to fend for themselves at an earlier age, and it's 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 a real issue on the ground. So, so what, 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 what sort of interventions can can change this narrative? Yeah, so for now, there is the need for intensive education and awareness creation mm. at the community level, which okay. a Henan Plano is, is uh, collaborating with other stakeholders who are working within the gender-based violence space to, to create awareness and get uh, for the communities to know the, the uh, harmful effects mm. of these actions. And there are lots of community engagement empowering community actors and the fisher folk leaders themselves to really understand and advocate against uh, some of these gender-based violence issues and also ensure that these children get to school. So Mm. we collaborate with uh, government institutions, social welfare, DOSU, SHRAJ, and yeah, all those actors working along uh, child labor, gender-based violence space to intensify awareness. All right. Grateful to you for joining us here. We wish you all the best uh, in what you do for those girls. This is still the um, Joy News Prime. Now, Media Foundation for West Africa and Ghana Journalists Association take on the National Media Commission for criticizing the GJA's decision to blacklist politicians who have attacked journalists in the past. Now, in the last five years, at least, there have been 35 attacks and abuse on journalists. My colleague Isaac Kofiege has been researching these and joins me with more uh, you know, in Studio Coffee, you've been doing some, some digging. I mean, you found as many as 35? Yeah, 35 on the mm. threats and actual attacks on journalists mm. between 2019 and 2024 February. So we are talking about an average of six attacks every year since okay. 2019. Mm. We are talking about, that's journalists, but if you look at institutions or media institutions, uh, since 2014 to 2023, last year, we, we've had more than 14 attacks on media institutions. So if you add the two, uh, we are looking at 40, uh, 49 mm. attacks on media institutions and journalists uh, okay. from 2014 to 2024, um, mm. February. If we should even add the attacks between 2014 and 2019, then the figure could be more. So the, what you have on the screen mm. gives you an average of six attacks every year since 2019. Oh. I mean, so, and do you know where, when it comes to the, the media commission resolving these issues, do you know where they are? Uh, 
interested you? Well, so for instance, if you look at the 35 attacks and mm-hmm. threats on journalists, for instance, they say in terms of the institutions, you have just one of those institutions that have actually been resolved. Since 2019, mm-hmm. you have 14 institutions, media institutions being attacked, yeah. and not just one of them have been resolved. And you remember the so case 13 of 13 remain unresolved. 13 That's remain huge. Unresolved, yes. And if you remember the case of Amos Swale 2019, mm. we still do not know the status of that case, for instance. Mm. And so you can't have, we are approaching elections. Mm. We've been having series of, you know, news about media attacks and all of that. Mm. You can't have an average of six in a year when you are approaching a crucial election like the election 2024. Interesting um, research there. Kofi Ajay is a lead data and research analyst here at Joy News. Well, this is the Euro News Prime. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with Showbiz. Do stay. Good evening and welcome to Prime Business with me, Emma Davis. I look at our stories. From 1st May 2024, companies that fail to file their annual returns would have to pay a penalty of 1,000 CDs. This was disclosed by the Register of Companies, Jemima Owari. The Office of the Register of Companies has started removing more than 8,000 businesses from its register. This is due to the failure of these companies to file their annual returns. But Madam Owari says, her office is given an extended grace period till April for the businesses to redeem themselves. We're giving them a leeway period again. We are saying, please ensure that if you really want to be on the register, I mean, as a company doing serious business in Ghana, come to our offices and come and file your annual returns and financial statements by the end of April 2024. We've been given a further period of one month up to the end of May because from 1st of May, a penalty will apply of 1000 So if you are not able to do it by April, by May when you come, you pay a penalty of 1000 It's a flat rate. But after that, after the end of May, that's the 31st of May, from June, we'll, we'll strike out these names and put it on the website. And so whoever is doing business with them, but should check the website to find out whether... They are still on our register. Mm-hmm. But the courts have an opportunity to bring you back on. The law allows you to go to the courts to request us to put your name back on the register. But it's at the discretion of the court. We are no more, you know, in the place. So I would advise that if you really, really, really want to be in the register, please come up and ensure that you do what you have to do. Executive Director of the Institute of Statistical, Social and Economic Research, Professor Peter Corti, says the government should focus on improving tax collection efficiency before considering new taxes. His comments follows a report by NEMBIO that's ranked Ghana third in West Africa with the highest cost of living. In an interview with Joy Business, Professor Corti warned that new taxes would overburden citizens and negatively impact their cost of living. New taxes, it will uh, have some indirect effects on prices, and that certainly is going to affect people's uh, real income. If you tax electricity, uh, we're going to spend more to buy electricity, and therefore if I, I spend more to buy electricity, I'll have less money to buy food. I'll have less money to uh, enjoy entertainment and other basic needs of life. So any new tax you impose is certainly going to lead to increase in inflation unless the tax is commensurate with uh, an increase in 
production and increase in real sector activity. So food production for instance goes up so much such that prices of food items will come down. Although we are imposing taxes, we are also supporting farmers, we are supporting irrigation, supporting other sectors of the economy. Otherwise, if we just impose taxes, people's real without a commensurate uh, support to the productive sectors, people's real incomes or purchasing power will come down. I also think that we don't always have to increase taxes. You can look at the existing tax handles and make them more efficient. I don't think we have achieved so much efficiency in our tax handles. There's, there's a lot of room, a lot of human interface. Yes, digitalization is catching up, which is very good, but we need to deepen that and ensure that we reduce the human interface and make tax payments affordable, easier, and quicker so that people would comply, uh, as well as ensuring that the taxes that are collected are used to the benefit of the taxpayer. Mm. Otherwise, it will be difficult for citizens to continue to pay taxes. Now, the Bank of Ghana says it is embarking on various anti-money laundering measures to avert another round of blacklisting for markets in the European Union and the United Kingdom. Ghana, in 2022, was removed from the EU blacklist following a successful evaluation of Ghana's regime against money laundering and financing of terrorism by the Financial Action Tax Force. Second Deputy Governor of the Bank of Ghana, Elsie Ado Awadi, says... The central bank is ready to collaborate with other key stakeholders within the financial sector to maintain this feat. Here's more. The Bank of Ghana says it carries cooperation with the Intergovernmental Action Group Against Money Laundering in West Africa will be crucial to its future success in combating money laundering and terrorist financing. Elsie Awaji said the central bank will continue to strengthen its AMLCFT regime, particularly in the areas of oversight, enforcement, and international cooperation. It took us a longer time to get off the EU and the UK list after we got off the, uh, the FATF Grey list, but thank God we got off all the adverse listings. And ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I've taken my time to explain all of this because in 2025, we have another opportunity. We're going to go to the third round of the mutual evaluation. So this week's exercise is then extremely important because this week's exercise is going to give us as stakeholders the opportunity to do our own self-assessment, if you will. Okay? Um, after all of the reforms we put in place from 2018, 2019, 2020, that got us off all the adverse listings, where are we today? It is important that we do not take um, this exercise for granted at all. Let me pledge on behalf of Governor Addison uh, that the Bank of Ghana, as the guardian of Ghana's monetary system, remains committed to playing its part um, to ensuring that this NRA is started and completed successfully, and indeed that we're ready to face the third round. Uh, mutual evaluation exercise. Director of Research at the Intergovernmental Action Group Against Money Laundering in West Africa, Muzu Umaru, called for more efforts to keep the menace. Jeba can testify to the progress made by this country, and it is highly significant and worthy of admiration. Ghana, Ghana exited the FATF targeted monitoring 
under the ICRG process in record time of two years. This is indeed a well-deserved achievement. While we celebrate the progress made by Ghana, it is also important to note that the progress made is in the context of work in progress. As labor union members will always say, Aluta Continua, Victoria Asata. Distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen, as you may be aware, the international standards for monitoring compliance with AMLCFT standards were revised significantly in 2012 and in 2013. The Energy Commission says there is an increase in the use of renewable energy, particularly solar by small and medium enterprises and some individuals. According to Director of Renewable Energy and Energy Efficiency at the Energy Commission, Kofi Ajako, this has led to many initiatives to scale up the renewable energy program for households and industry. More in the following report. Scaling up renewable energy program is part of the government's efforts to expand the use of renewable energy for households and businesses. As part of the initiative, a net metering component has been added to help individuals commercialize their generation. Speaking at a ceremony to open the training session for technical staff of ECG and NETCO, Kofi Ejako, the Director of Renewable Energy and Efficiency at the Energy Commission, stated that interest in the use of solar has seen a significant increase in the last few years. Well, overwhelmed by the interest that Ghanaians expressed, we receive in excess of 3,000 applications, but we could only serve a little over 1,500 um, because we were providing subsidy. So at the point when the subsidy dwindled, we couldn't continue. So over the period, we have been waiting for an opportunity like this. And thankfully, the development partners have come um, on board, and that is why we are going to um, continue from where we left off. But this is going to be on a larger scale. Speaking on behalf of the Energy Minister, Engineer Seth Mahu, Deputy Coordinator for the initiative, hinted at the government's plans to use renewables to meet the high demand for electricity. That is solar home systems and mini-grids electrification, targeting communities that are very difficult to be connected to the national grid because of their geographical locations. Example, islands in the Volta Lake. It's so difficult to extend a national grid to those uh, communities. Therefore, we are using a very innovative solution which will allow us to construct power plants in these communities, have their own distribution networks, more or less they become an autonomous you know, uh, 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 utilities in those communities to provide energy to households and businesses. The overall objective of the training is to equip the relevant technical staff of the distribution utilities with the necessary skills to enable them to verify the correct installation